Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Insiders, Kansas State's sports show. I'm Fitz. Next to me is Big B, Brian Hanley, and of course, Glenn Kinley. I think Tim Everson, if he's not out trying to drive in the snow, will join us in a little bit. <laughs> uh, moving the show up to one made it a little difficult on him, so he will join us shortly. He'll typically be late. Uh, he's not. On cat time, Coach Snyder, if you're watching, he fails the cat time. Fitz, I cannot hear you. I can hear Brian. I can't can, hear you. You can't hear me? Brian? Can you hear him, Brian? I can hear him. That's very odd. That is incredibly odd. Let me let me I try. don't know how I'd be able to hear I don't either. You uh, but not him. Audio. Duh. Let's see that. We don't want that. Let's back to that. That help you? That help you? No. Why can't he hear me? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna remove Glenn and then we're gonna bring him back in. That didn't probably do any good, did it, Glenn? No. No. I don't think so. I can well, still Brian, hear you, Brian. Brian can hear both of us. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Brian's uh, got to relay to me what we're talking about. I can do it. <laughs> hey, Brian, tell it. him tell him to log out and log back in, see if that helps. <clears throat> he said log out and log back in, see if that All helps. Right. All right. And there it goes. There it goes. Let's bring this guy in. Uh, that is the studio. I just thought I'd bring that in. And why it's not <laughs> muted, I don't know. There we go. Now it's muted. Uh, Brian, um, your Steelers play at 3.30. I know this is the K-State show, but they are still playing, right? I mean, they haven't moved the game again. I mean, they're, they're still playing. Um, okay. it, it's disadvantage Pittsburgh Steelers moving the game. I thought one of the big advantages was if we could run the football in this crazy weather, but uh, apparently it's not going to be as bad today. So we'll, we'll see. Well, um, they didn't move the chiefs game and there was people without shirts on. It was negative, like 20 degrees at one point. All right. I don't understand people. Uh, but then again, it's been so long since I've sat in the stands as a fan. Um, it's You folks are wired differently. 
You go tailgate forever, and then you go into the game. You might already be drunk. You somehow make it through the game. You go back to your car, and if someone else is driving, you keep drinking. That Being a fan is tough. Media is easy. You work, yeah, sure, but you get a free meal. You get a comfy seat. That's how it rolls. Yeah. Uh, Glenn never came back. I think Glenn just used this as an excuse. Him and Tim are out driving in the snow. Yeah. Um, I, I said they need to... Uh, arrest anybody that was at the game without a shirt. I said, just arrest those people, save them from themselves because they're, they're, they're trying to, I, I don't know what they're trying to do, but they, we need to arrest all those people and get them off the streets for a night. Cause first of all, they have to be drunk. They yep. have to be drunk. They have to have drank something crazy. We need to get all those people rounded up and just off the streets for a night. Because that, that's just, that's insane. That's I agree. wild. Glenn, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, yes. you sound great, too. Yeah. You know, it's the old man, uh, just restart, you know, just. Yeah, that's, uh, I'll, I'll be back uh, on uh, again. Did, did you unplug it and plug it back in? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how I fix anything. That's a great strat. I don't know, because I could hear you when we were talking before we went live. And then I couldn't when we went live. But I could still hear Brian. That makes no sense. StreamYard is full of surprises. I actually, I had it set up to where it muted your voice. It's that AI a type of deal. Smart and, thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, folks, this is the K-State Insiders. We'll get into that. But don't forget this. It starts tomorrow right here on this go Cat youtube channel make sure you come check out big b uh i'll be around a little bit i might be in the background most of the time i don't know it's his show i haven't talked to him about it maybe he doesn't want me on maybe he thinks i'm too ugly for his demographic i don't know no. i don't i don't blame him for that <laughs> we need fits we need let's, fits let's start uh i know what's on the uh the front page image here but let's start with the most important topic in case it's sports right now the K-State women finally yeah. had broken in to the top 10 at number seven. Um, it took a while. Mm -hmm. They had to beat Oklahoma and Texas in Bramwich Coliseum this weekend to get it over the hump. But also there was a bunch of upsets around uh, college women's basketball. And, and uh, guys, that doesn't happen. That has not happened in the past. Mm -hmm. I feel like mm -mm. all of our talk about the NIL and the transfer portal, um, we're not recognizing that it's impacting women's sports too. And, and I think some of the, the schools that have been kind of on the edge are beginning to get some of those transfers. I know Kansas State got one from Louisville, uh, Wichita, young lady who's making an impact. I feel like the transfers are now being, beginning to impact the women's game because those 15 scholarships allowed you to store talent. Now that talent can get up and leave. This is really good for the game. This brings more fans yeah. in, makes it more intriguing. I, I'm so happy for uh, Coach Mitty and the women's team because they've been grinding and they got the right group right now. Yeah, they're fantastic and they're so fun to watch. This is a team that had so much preseason hype and and it looked like all the pieces should be together because they were actually pretty good last year and that was without literally one of the best players in America and Ioka Liu was out with a season-ending injury. So you're saying to yourself, if they were re really solid without yeah. her and then you just throw in an All-American in the mix, they should be dare I say, a top 10 team. And yeah. uh, it's cool to have the preseason hype, but when it when it actually comes into fruition and it actually plays out as good or better, I would even say better than, than the preseason hype said it would, uh, it's exciting. This is a team that I think, rightfully so, feels like they can beat anybody in the country right now. Right, right. I yeah, agree. I, I think the one thing about the women's game, and I had this conversation a couple of different times, is the women's game has – 
progressed more than any other sport in the United States of America over the last 20 years. And I don't even think it's close. <laughs> when you just talk about where the women's game was and where it is now, I don't think there's another sport that even comes close to the progression of how good women have become at basketball. I'm not saying they weren't good before, but what I'm saying is the talent pool is so much more wide and it's spread out. Before, there were about four good teams in women's college basketball. I mean, there were, there were four. There was, there was Tennessee, there was UConn, and depending on the year, there may have been two or three other good teams. Stanford. And that was about yep. it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that was it. Now it's so spread out. There's so many good teams out there. And you're right, Fitz. NIL uh, in the transfer portal has changed everything. And there's so, it, it's just you look forward to seeing the tournament because you don't know who's going to win. You right. know, even 10 years ago, you, uh, UConn's going to win. Why do, why do I even need to watch? Now it's not that way. It is just not that way. Um, like I said, I know a lot of people think the transfer portal kills college athletics. I'm just not one of those people. And especially for women's athletics, this it's made a world of difference for everybody. Yeah. Hey, real quick, can we get some Wildcat women's basketball on SportsCenter sometime? I watch SportsCenter every night, and they show highlights of, like, everything that, that Kaylin Clark had to eat for the last six days yeah. and every jumper that she took in warm-ups. And we got a really good top 10 team in Manhattan. I don't know if I've seen them on there other than probably when they played and beat Iowa and they were on there then. And even then it was probably like six Caitlin Clark baskets. And then they go and K state wins. Uh, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So we got to get, we got to get, and I, by the way, I get it. I'm not knocking Caitlin Clark. She's absolutely unreal. Um, so I get why they're showing her, but there's some unreal athletes uh, on K state squad too. I, I don't think I'm the right person to ask ESPN for favors. Come on. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still uh, I still got to do my daily delivery on them making up fake names for their Emmy voter contest stuff and having to return Emmys. And what an embarrassment for that. I just always doing things their way, not the right way. Anyhow, on with uh, the insiders. Hey, folks, uh, one of the reasons we've been able to, uh, you know, kind of double down quadruple down on what we're doing here with the insiders and big B show that'll start tomorrow covering the big 12 um, is the uh, partnership we're entering into with synergy financial partners. You're going to learn a lot about synergy uh, as this show progresses. Uh, technically their sponsorship starts tomorrow, but I wanted to sneak this up here today because at synergy financial partners, this is a read, folks. The mission is to change the way Americans plan for their financial future. Synergy doesn't just offer you financial planning. At Synergy, the goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. They've got K-State ties. They've got college athletics ties. They're growing all over the Big 12 territory. Uh, they're based out of Georgia. Uh, but thank you so much, Synergy, for coming on board with us here. Um, and that's the advertising portion of this segment. Let's move to uh, the falling dominoes that almost um, caught, clipped K-State and or Kansas. Well, it couldn't have been both. Well, one of the two, both schools dodged it. Alabama coach Nick Saban um, retires after kind of a failing search, to be honest. They they go with DeBoer out of Washington. 
Uh, he looks like that that kid invited to a birthday party with no one he knows, and everyone ignores him at his own press conference. <laughs> um, everyone want to talk to uh, the guy he was replacing. Nobody cared about him. That should set off alarm bells. Washington needed to move quickly because, again, in this era of the transfer portal, when your mm-hmm. coach leaves, they got 30 days to bail, and some guys yeah. bail within an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to move quickly now. Uh, so anytime a coach departs and catches his AD off guard, you're going to be in trouble. These ADs have to be ready for that movement at any uh, moment because all hell could break loose with losing your roster on top of your coach. Apparently, Washington decided the new Big 12 was the the only place it needed to shop for a new coach because <laughs> once you step external and, and eliminate their internal candidates who you know, immediately knew they weren't going to get it. You had Chris Kleiman at Kansas State who fended it off fairly early in the weekend process. Lance Leipold, who kind of went down to the wire a little bit. Matt Campbell was on the fringes of this. I don't know how involved he was, but his name kept coming up. And, of course, Jed Fish at Arizona ended up getting that job. And now, Arizona, you get to scramble and try to find a new coach. This is one of the areas of the the transfer portal, Big D, Big B, that I love that players can transfer once their coach – leaves but wow the peril becomes enormous for a program like arizona that we were expecting to be a top four or five school next football season in this new conference with 16 members and now we don't know what's going to be left because they've lost their coach the players are hitting the portal and it might have been a flash in the pan at arizona yeah i mean it's i like i'm like you i love the fact that kids can transfer when their coach leaves. Look, we can talk about, you know, kids, oh, you should go to the school because of the school. Nobody goes to the school because of the school. They go because if they're going for athletics, they're going because of who is the football coach and because of what that program can provide them. Let's end all that nonsense. Having said that, yeah, when a coach leaves, yeah, they should be able to leave. Now, don't get me wrong. You go to a school, the coach leaves, and then he gets fired or he leaves again and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't be letting guys transfer 15 times, you know, stuff like that. Uh, But that's a different conversation for a different day. But, yeah, Arizona, they play – I don't know that anybody, including Michigan, was playing better football at the end of the year. I'm just not sure that that was happening. And and with what they had coming back, you would think that Arizona easily at least was going to start the season in the top ten, at least was going to start the season in the top ten, maybe even in the top five. And now, I don't know. I don't know. Because like you said, that 30 days for the transfer portal, I I can't believe that at least seven to ten guys aren't going to leave Arizona and follow their coach. I just find that hard to believe. It's not like Washington's a bad place to go play football either. You know, they're going to the Big 12 or Big 10. Uh, It's a big time. I mean, they were in the national championship game, for crying out loud. They have some tradition at Washington. They weren't just some – fly-by-night program that's not what Washington is so we'll see what they have left at Arizona and also who's going to be the coach because I mean and don't they have to do that guys here in the next day or two don't they have to get a guy because you wait a couple weeks Arizona's not gonna they're not gonna be anything so yeah it's almost one of those situations where um if you feel like you've got an internal candidate Mm -hmm. someone really good and they apparently at Arizona like their offensive coordinator. Our defense coordinator just departed, I believe, for Texas. He did. Um, 
You see, this is why he's going to be hosting the Big 12 show. He's so <laughs> he knows it all. <laughs> I know. Um, I I almost feel like uh, let's let's bend this back to Kansas State. I feel like in a similar situation, Gene Taylor knows who he's going to go to on the staff. And so it's different if you lose a coach because they're inept and you fire them. You don't want anyone from the staff typically. But when you lose a coach that's rolling, you kind of want to stay on track with what's going on. And if you got someone in house that can help you, uh, I think uh, you you would promote that Van Malone, that Connor Riley. That yeah. You know, um, so it's it's something you just do immediately now. You just can't hesitate with it. But Glenn, KU and K State, um, this being the K State show, Chris Kleiman fended off Washington, then Lance Leipold, who we were thinking. As I went to bed Saturday night, it looked like it might be him. Uh, they're throwing a lot of money around, but both these guys stayed in the state of Kansas at their programs that they're building uh, in Manhattan and Lawrence. And, brother, that's a great thing for Big 12 and K-State KU football. You beat me to it, man. I was just going to say that. As much as I'm sure that Wildcat fans, because Lance Leipold's a great coach, would have loved to have seen him go to Washington, and Jayhawk fans, because Chris Kleiman's a great coach, would have loved to have seen him go to Washington. At the end of the day, you sit back you say, Man, we're talking about the national runners-up. This team just just played in the national title game and um, and won their college football playoff semifinal game. And both coaches in the in the state of Kansas said, "No, I'm staying here. Uh, you know, I got I, I can do that here." I think is kind of what they're saying here, um, which is is really cool. You enter the 12 team playoff era. Um, I think both these coaches feel like they have teams that can compete for a Big 12 title, and if you can compete for a Big 12 title, you can compete for a spot in that playoff. And so, uh, yeah, it's really neat to see just kind of what can be done here. And I, I would imagine that has to help recruiting for both of them to, you know, uh, if you don't think, if you don't think this is a big time program, I, I clearly, I think it is because I turned down a job in the big 10 and have, besides that, a job, you know, from the guy who just left for Bama to replace him, uh, because I wanted to stay here in, in the sunflower state. So I, I would think it has a recruiting impact too, uh, telling guys, one, how much you think this is a big time program, but also um, if they that players want assurance that you're going to stick around. Nick Saban said that was part of the reason he retired because he he wasn't sure how much longer he could go, and he, players wanted to know he was going to be there four or five years. And he's like, I don't know if I can do four or five more years. So I would imagine that will help recruiting as well. Players want to know if you're going to be there, and you're like, you want to know if I'm going to be here? I just turned down this gig. Uh, how much bigger does it get? Yeah. And well, Sa- Saban mentioned he was just worn out, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He was absolutely worn out. Here's the thing. You talk about Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman. Here's something else to think about it. Look, whether they were – I don't think there's any doubt they were going to get more money to go to Washington. I think that was clear that both of them were going to do that. However, Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold are not getting fired at their prospective universities. That's not happening. You go to Washington within three years, if you're not winning, they're Mm -hmm. going to fire you. And that's the difference. What's my peace of mind? You know, what's that worth? What is it worth to have, oh, I don't know, just job security in a good job? It's not like these jobs are bad jobs. Mm -hmm. These are great football jobs. So what's that worth to you? Not to mention they're making a ton of money. So why go put myself out there in a place that I'm unfamiliar with you know, I, I don't have success. Lance Leipold, I think, could coach at Kansas until he dies for what he's done to that program. He, I mean, yeah. and literally yeah. until he dies, he can coach there for what he has done for Kansas. Chris Kleiman, as long as he keeps doing what he is doing, he's not going anywhere. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to look for him to get out or anything. He is doing a great job. 
there's something to be said for that. Everybody always looking for the next big thing. I yeah. get that. Not to mention these guys aren't 38 years old either. You know, that would be another thing. If you're up and coming, trying to make a name, these guys have made names for themselves. I just, sometimes you got to look at that and think, you know what? The grass might be greener, but the grass is pretty green right where I'm at. <laughs> I, I think about DeBauer at Alabama, man, that poor guy, he could be a fantastic coach and he could win. Oh, let's games. say, let's say thir- 31 games in the next three years. And they're going to say, out. what a bozo. Get him out of Absolutely. Here. And I'm going to be like, what? And hopefully I think people would realize, Hey, I was actually pretty good. And a lot of some other college would pick him up in a heartbeat, but man, the expectation I wonder if that's how many guys said no to that job. I'm not saying he wasn't the first option. I'm not an Alabama insider. I know that shocks you guys. Um, This is K-State insiders, not the Alabama insiders. But I do wonder if a couple guys were like, hey, I'm good on the Alabama gig because I'll I'll be the guy who follows the guy who followed Saban instead of the guy right after. Absolutely. Well, there's something to be said for that, too, is being the guy that follows the guy because Mm -hmm. we have experience in seeing that happen. Think about Frank Solich. Frank Solich went to a national championship game. Two years later, he was fired. <laughs> I mean, at, national championship game. At the time, you were playing 11 games a year. The guy was averaging nine wins a year. Not good enough. And Nebraska has never been the same. Mm-hmm. And, and they even bring in crazy, um, I can't, oh, Bo Pelini. And he was winning nine games a year. Not good enough. Get him out. I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you want? So it's like I said, it's like we've seen it happen before. And Nebraska's program at the time was at the top of the heap. It was literally at the top of the heap. And because of crazy fans, crazy boosters. It's crazy. Now they're an afterthought, literally an afterthought. Look who it is. Is he in a ditch? He's not, not in a anymore. ditch. You look <laughs> like you're snowbound. <laughs> yeah, I snow behind you. <laughs> uh, Big B, I don't know why it's decided you're going to be in that slot today, but you're stuck, man. That's all right. You're stuck. I like I, it. I like having you. We're, it's like we're the big bookends of this podcast. <laughs> big, uh, bald bookends. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mr. Everson, welcome. Hello. Um, let's back up. Let's back up. I want to get your thoughts on K-State women getting to number seven in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, deserved, obviously, long overdue. Um, I think that a lot of voters, women's basketball is so weird because, first of all, I'm sure as you guys brought up, no one ever loses, and so it's hard to really break mm-hmm. into that top core. Um, and the second thing is, it's it's probably it's it's hard to kind of follow mm-hmm. the entire country. I mean, it's just games are kind of spread out. ESPN Plus has made that a lot easier because a lot of those games are more available than they used to be. Uh, <clears throat> so it just takes longer for, you know, stories like the K-State women to kind of reach, uh, you know, voters in Connecticut and Idaho and wherever they, they might be, especially those two states, though. They're the worst. No. Um, <laughs> but... Man, they're they're so good. They're so good. They are good. We were we we were talking uh, earlier today in the newsroom about you know our plans of postseason stuff. I mean, we're already starting to kind of look look into that. Um, luckily, they're going to be good enough that they're going to ho- get to host a couple games as long as this keeps up. Which it, you know, barring something terrible, it seems like that you know is the case. But they're the real deal. I mean, you can have your your arguments about well texas 
didn't have their star starting point guard and you know things would have been different but it's just you know that's what it is no no you don't know you don't know what's going to happen yep. uh they're for real they're for real and i you know they got a game versus baylor around the corner that'll be another big test uh but i don't i mean i don't know i mean every other mediocre to like fine team that they've played they end up winning by like 20 yeah <laughs> at least, they've, at been least. Just, they've been running teams out of the gym and like competent teams it's not yeah. it, like obviously Absolutely. they're non-con but even like conference games or even the non-con power five games they had mm-hmm. they were just obliterating basketball teams that were beating other teams well look at north carolina i mean north carolina is a good team yes they are and they slapped them around yes they did <laughs> Well, I like it, guys, because they've done it in a multitude of ways. Like, mm-hmm. Iowa wants to get up and down, up and down. case they went there and beat them. And, and they, I mean, it, it just, and then they can slug it out with you as well. Absolutely. You know, and, and teams don't want to slug it out because Ioka, she's too good. <laughs> she is way too good yeah, for you want to try to slug it out. So teams are wanting to run up and down with K-State. K-State can beat you that way. So that's why they're so good is because – any style that you want to throw at them, they got mm-hmm. something for you. I love it. I yep. absolutely love it. And I'll say this. I mean, if their guards are hitting threes, mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's over. What are you going to do? Yes. What are you, how right. are you going to stop that? <laughs> how are you yeah. going to beat them? You got to get out on our guards now. Yeah. And also we have a player who, who know who has shown she can score 61 if you don't guard her. So absolutely. Uh, and I'll say this, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think you probably follow him closer than I do. They're probably deeper than we thought they'd be. I think that, like going into the season, mm-hmm. we 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 thought Gabby Gregory, Aoka Lee, Serena Sundell, and the Glen Twins were like they got five. Oh, that's a fantastic starting five. And then we're seeing some of these other players across the board, um, including some young players, mm-hmm. and we're like, she's really good. She's really good. Oh, she can come in and make a huge play. And so this is not just a big five. Uh, it's actually Absolutely. probably a big 10 or 12, it feels like, uh, and who those other seven are on a given night or or five or three or whatever it is, depending on the game, is unpredictable, which is probably another thing that makes yep. it so tough. Yeah. They got, they got help in the post with, mm-hmm. with, with, with Sanchez and when and one of the transfers from Louisville. They went and got uh, someone who's going to be an absolute star for K-State uh, in, in Zayana Walker. Mm-hmm. from Louisville. I mean, she is only a freshman and she's only, yeah. I mean, this is her team once yeah. once Yoki leaves. I mean, she is going to be major. Uh, they get Taryn Sides from over, over in Western Kansas and she's already showing that she's ready to kind of step into that lineage of mm-hmm. great Kansas born and bred point guards that are hard nosed right. and uh, can pass the ball really well and can score. Um, and then you get someone like Gisela Sanchez, who is uh, they had on the team last year, but she had to sit out due to an injury and just really offers just a nice kind of mid range game and can also play the post a little bit. Uh, they have everything. They really do have everything and they're super fun to watch. Well, as we head into a break, uh, let me point throw this up there. Um, this was from earlier in the show. So we're over 210 viewers now. Uh, but he's called the Sir Killer. I, I think that's short, short for serial. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never killed anyone, let alone done it in a serial fashion. <laughs> but when someone who identifies 
with murder puts in there to, for you to hit the like button on this video <laughs> you should it. probably stink and do it <laughs> yeah don't mess with him man don't i'll fire to that off let me get rid of him hold on uh I, you know what big b producing while doing the show is indeed a challenge i hope you're I better it. at it than me thank you I, that's i gave i gave him the controls he can do these things now uh let's go to break here real quick uh and if you you know how this works this isn't really a break but hit the like button while we're in the break yeah yeah go you got six seconds go gopowercat.com's powercat podcast continues after this short break when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. We're back on the Insiders, the K-State Sports Show. We want to refer to it as the K-State Insiders, but there's some licensing licensing things there. So the bigger issue, K-State wouldn't care. The bigger issue was the Big 12 Insiders needed to be the Big Insiders, the Big 12 Sports Show, so that we didn't actually use Big 12. Because I like Brett Yormark. But he'll come after my ass. I know it. He will. Brett, he will run Brett me Ormark, down. I like him too, but he seems like a guy I do not want to be on his bad side. I don't think I want yeah. to piss him off anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm. In, I'm afraid he's going to invite me over to his table. Even <laughs> hey, even at the Big Twelve uh, Big Twelve basketball tournament, people weren't thrilled about the seating, and I'm. I'm like, hey, Brett, uh, thanks for letting me in, man. This yeah, this has been fun. There was a, there was some food up there. There was drinks. It was warm. I just wanted to, yeah. I just want you to know I appreciate it. And and I appreciated the fact when I kissed his ring, it had strawberry flavoring. So, <laughs> uh, I think that was a prelude to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Um, so. Let's get back to Chris Kleiman. Guys, I think he's staying. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Iowa remains the one school that intrigues me as a possible place where he, he might depart uh, if that came open. Uh, but I think he's going to be one of these coaches, and I don't, I can't speak about Lance Leipold falling into this, that might retire earlier than he would have because of the added stress from the NIL and transfer portal. I don't know. I don't want people to think that he's going to leave tomorrow, but I think the era of young coaches kind of evolving into the senior coaches in 70 years plus – those days might be numbered. I don't see many guys getting into their 70s and even upper 60s with this wear and tear on coaches, but that might work to K-State's advantage because I think he's settled in for the hall. Yeah, yeah, I think he is uh, just for the simple fact that I think you're right. The transition from older coaches, like you're going to start seeing the gap get wider between younger and older coaches just because of the grind and, and what's required these days. Uh, but also, here's the thing, and, and, and again, not talking, taking this away from Coach Kleiman or anything like that. We were talking about Coach Saban earlier. It's like, if you think about it, a 72-year-old guy that has more money that he can spend, has nothing to prove at his profession, mm. can you find a 72-year-old guy that's not retired at that point? And that's the thing to think about. So who do we know that's 72 that has those things that isn't retired? Fish. So. You know, that, that's just, oh, just a, a weird fact is that 
those guys are retired. So I, I think we're going to start seeing more of that. We don't have anything to prove. They're paying coaches a ton of money. You, when you get to a certain point, I think you're just going to see guys say, you know what? I'm done. Yep. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally uh, agree. I'm with you. I, th I think I would be shocked if he went anywhere else. I think he's ha I think he's happy at K-State. I think he's like, man, I, I think we can win here. I'm happy here. I like my staff. I, he's gotten in the groove of recruiting here. Uh, he, he did that rather quickly. Um, I don't think he – I guess I guess the only – the uh, my dad and I have joked around before, but if, if uh, the Iowa job opened and they hired Gene Taylor as their AD, then, then maybe I'll let you be a little it's bit – It's done. Concerned. Yeah. Until, yeah. Until that happens, I'm really I just don't see him leaving. I think he I think he loves Kansas State. Um and I know that's cliche to say, but I I think it's true. And um I think he's I think he's happy where he's at. I don't I I think in the same way that NIL and transfer and everything else has changed so much the last 3 years or or 2 or whatever, it's probably changing. It's going to be maybe worldly different two years from now. And yeah. so I don't know what that looks like. And is there a way just for that, for him? And I don't mean just Chris Klein, but for head coaches or coaches in general to get a time where they can breathe. Like, cause right now it's like, you have to recruit your own roster. You have to game plan. You have to recruit the transfer portal. You have to recruit high school kids. You have to fundraise for NIL. You have to speaking engagements. You like, those guys don't have a second to breathe. Like they don't, the, the joke used to be, Oh, there's no off season. And now it's like, yeah, there's not even an off like a week. I know. It's, so I, yeah, I would, I would like to think they're going to get some of that figured out. Maybe I have too much faith in, in, uh, who in in the whoever makes the yeah, <laughs> Tim, he's staying, isn't he? Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's the Gene Taylor thing. I yeah, mean, I agree. Said multiple times, it's now been codified in a contract. Uh, you know, he's locked in to his boss. He loves his boss, um, and that that makes you want to stay, especially when you're being paid, you know, billions of dollars on top of that. So it's, I don't. I, I was talking about this earlier. Washington is like what, like the, one of the top. We'll say like mid-tier jobs like it's not they haven't quite ascended to the level of the the michigans and the uscs and the texases and the alabamas yeah. or whatever but it's it's of, of of that next group it's up there i mean especially now that they're, that they're moving to the to the big 10 i mean it could be uh i think that's why so many people were surprised that that DeBoer jumped because they why not stick around and, and build it into your own powerhouse instead yeah. of, but the answer is money. The, the, the money probably helped that, but. Um, well, I don't, and, and if ahead. you succeed in following Nick Saban, mm -hmm. he's a legend. You, yeah. You kind of yeah. immediately attach legendary status to you from him. Absolutely. It's what, that's what Nick Saban did. You know, it, it was never an idea that bear Bryant could, would not be the best coach ever in Alabama history. And then Nick Saban did that. And if someone were to come and and somehow, some way, I don't even think it's possible, make Nick Saban the second best coach in Alabama history, they would be, you know, that's that's goat status, as the right. kids say. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if he has to do that. You go to yeah. Alabama and say, let's just say in the first eight years, he was able to win two national titles. If he can go and do that, then he's set. 
You know, yeah. I mean, that's an now, granted, they're never going to be satisfied in, in Alabama. And I yeah. get that. But you go and win two national titles following uh-huh. Nick Saban under the circumstances on what NIL and transfer portal is right now, if it doesn't change, mm-hmm. then that guy, I mean, just like you said, he goes down as one yeah. of the greatest coaches ever. Yeah. Yep. And and I think uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like their brand has to have some recruiting power, that he's going to oh, go there. 1, and there there are certain kids, four-star, five-star kids, that's, that they don't care who the coach is, they don't care yeah. who the that's position right. coach is. It's Alabama. Uh, yep. you, you gave me an off from Alabama, I'm in. I'm going. And so he's probably going to find that out rather quickly. Like, oh, man, people want to play here. And by the way, oh, I'm giving you an off from Alabama, and I'm giving you the f- two cars and whatever else you're getting from the NIL. So I, I think recruiting to Alabama, I can't imagine um, it's an uphill climb. No. You, you get a kind of a running start, don't you? And, right. their, and their NIL process is in place, and, and you know it's good. And I think that's another factor now when coaches are moving. Uh, the NIL exists outside of the athletic department structure. Um, so you don't know who exactly you're going to be dealing with, how ethical they are, how mm-hmm. much money is actually there from the boosters. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any actual functional control over that. And I think that unknown adds to the the maybe terror of switching jobs when you like where you're at. You, uh, I mean, I – Bill Snyder made a conscious decision when he turned down UCLA in the early 2000s um, or early 1990s, before the turn of the century, my favorite phrase. Um, He made a conscious decision that I can make more money, be at a bigger program, maybe have a, uh, a more reasonable chance on an annual basis to compete for a national title. But I'd rather be happy because I'm happy in Manhattan, Kansas. They pay me well. I like my program. It's my program. Uh, and, you know, I, I I like when coaches make that decision. And I, I think Matt Campbell's doing it at Iowa State. I think Lance Leipold's showing he's going to do it at Kansas. And if the Big 12 can find a bunch of guys like Kyle Whittingham, um, then, you know what, this conference is going to be pretty damn stable. But it's my understanding. Uh, Jed Fish basically uh, said at the team meeting, guys, I'm gone. Bye. You know, and and that's, you know what, I, as good as you were on the field at Arizona, that might have been a bullet dodged. Yeah, uh, if if that's how he treated his players that's at the true. end of the day. Fitz, I had a question for you yeah. about, oh about 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 Coach um, Snyder. When when did you as as media stop hearing his name being brought up? Well, that's interesting because this is from the the chat. I was going to bring yeah. this up. Um, Abe wants to know when that will come with mm-hmm. Kleiman. Um, part of it eventually was age with coach Snyder. Uh, but, uh, it was, it wasn't long after, uh, the 2003 title when he showed no signs of wanting to move. Of course, then he retired a couple of years later. Um, and, and what's interesting always about his career arc for me, he went from uh, a coach that many people found annoying. They didn't like the way he did it. They thought it was mean and old and crusty which wasn't anywhere close to the truth if you dealt with them on a day-to-day basis demanding yes uh has a way to do things yes but he's he was actually really a pretty funny man and he's a very caring man and that seemed to be his image after three years of retirement and coming back he was like the the grandfather's back you know it's like hey we love him and at that point i think everyone realized he's not going anywhere but um yeah there, it was it was pretty uh 
you were on the edge of your seat a lot early in his, you know, the 1990s because he was winning at a high level. He was exactly the kind of guy that someone would come and get, but he kept saying no. And coaching searches back then weren't as visible. There wasn't the social media. There wasn't, yeah, there was basically talk radio. Uh, so it was a different world. He didn't hear all the rumors. And honestly, as reporters, we didn't feel the urgency to dig in on all the rumors because there wasn't a frenzy on social media and mm -hmm. we could honestly we were at times flying blind with what was actually in demand for coverage we now know coaching searches are in demand people get mm -hmm. fired up so uh, yeah it took a while but they got there and honestly i don't know if we'll ever get there because of the changing nature of college sports yeah. we're entering an environment here where two conferences are going to have the financial advantage over all of us uh and unless the acc kind of blows up and the Big 12 gets all the key parts and closes that gap financially, this is going to happen on an annual basis. This will be their minor league coaches uh, yeah. that they're going to come trying to steal and promote to the big leagues in their brain. So I, I don't It know is an interesting question, though, this idea of like, okay, if he shuts down these rumors and, and stays at K-State and does this, you know, for the next six or seven off seasons – in that eighth offseason, there are people still like, he might take the – he's probably going to go to Ole Miss. He's pro he's leaving. Yeah, he's gone. Like, I don't know. How how many does he have to shut down before people start being like, hey, I, w I wonder if that guy might stay there. Yeah. Well, what I would worry is or, – or, or say I don't worry is because, okay, you look at the K-State job. You look where it is in the Big 12, and then you think, okay, what other job makes me better if I'm a coach? What other job out there am I just better? Because you don't leave a situation until you, unless you think you're getting into a better situation. That doesn't make sense. You know, he's not an up-and-coming coach where you're just taking a chance, taking a chance, taking a chance. He's past that. So yep. now if he goes to a job, it's got to be a job to where I am 100% ascended and this is a much better situation where I'm at. Well, how many of those jobs actually are? I know we talk about names. Names mm -hmm. is one thing. But mm -hmm. just like you brought up UCLA, is UCLA a better job? I know it's going into the Big Big Ten. I go, but there's several jobs in the Big Ten that K-State is a much, much better job than a job in the Big Ten. So that's the whole thing. We got to start – you got to think about that before – and I know what a lot of people are going to say. Well, it's still – it's K-State. It's – it's out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, that's fine. But K-State football is still really, really good. Yeah. So think about that the next time we start talking about that. Coach Klein is not going to put himself, or not just him, a reasonable coach at this level isn't just going to say, well, I'm going to take a lateral move. Mm -hmm. Well, why would you take a lateral move, especially at his age? That's insane. People aren't doing that these days. I don't know that they ever should do that. Sometimes the perception of a job or where it is people sometimes think that it's actually a better job when it's not. Yep. And, and, that, and I think that has a lot to do with this. K-State is a much bigger and better job, especially to coaches, because I think coaches know. I really think coaches know that K-State is a much better job than what maybe nationally is being perceived. I just want K-Staters to know that as a journalist who covers K-State, has covered a lot of comings and goings of coaches, retirement of a legend, and you know all the chaos on the basketball side. I've, I've been through this a lot. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I'm not afraid to use my cancer diagnosis for good. And what I mean by that is I've told Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang, 
I, I can't break in a new coach. You can't leave. <laughs> you, you can't, you, I, I'm, I'm done breaking in new coaches. If, if, if I have to break in a new coach, I might die. And, you know, I just got to heap it right on them. You, yeah, you could kill me. I could just like you denounce. I'm dead because I don't. So I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll use that for whatever. <laughs> I also use it for free lunches and drinks. So, there you go. Um, and to get out of trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. I ran that stoplight. It's, it's my cancer. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's turn our attention to K-State basketball. They, they blew an opportunity. They, there's no way around it. They had mm. tech beat. They had, they went on an incredible 20 0 run. How you end up losing a game in which you had a 20-0 run to end the first half is beyond me, but uh, they kind of lost their way in the second half. Tech was a little top more tough and more disciplined. Too many turnovers. Uh, but, guys, I got to admit something here. Uh, when you watch at home instead of a press box or, you know, a court side or whatever you're in um, and you're just being stoic, you, you get a little more fired up just sitting at home. That, that ending of the game had me as, as fired up as I remember in a long time because that was such a blatant, horrific travel yeah. and an and-one call that wasn't even an and-one to to uh, to change the outcome of the game. I wasn't very happy. Uh, it was a horrendous officiating. And if you even if you go back and watch and you say, okay, they missed the travel, the block shot only occurred because Toussaint, to his credit, put up his free arm to – block the blocker so david gassan made contact with his free arm blocking um and that was the foul and that's not a foul so uh, i just found the whole thing frustrating but boys they that one got away they could be three yeah. and oh coming home to play baylor but they're two and one and ironic too right that is Tassant. uh for those that know the background yeah. there uh that he kind of mm-hmm. beats them but yeah i i was explaining to someone who didn't watch the game and and i just told them the 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 officiating didn't help but K-State shot itself 18, in the foot. It, 18 it, turnovers. It, it was one of those where you're like, you're mad about the officiating, but you're like, wait a minute, we shouldn't have been in a spot where they the officials could screw us over. So, yeah, yeah that was just fr- frustrating. It was like, um, yeah, it, I'm with you. It, it felt like they had the game won. You got to just do the little things, get a bucket here and there, take care of the basketball, you know, um, and oh, that that was frustrating. I guess if you're looking glass half full, I'm not glass. I'm a water bottle right now. We got the boil water advisory. <laughs> water bottle half full. Um, K State's competing in the Big Twelve, right? And and like non-con people were worried because they beat Chicago State by one point, or they beat I don't know Montana State in overtime, or I don't remember who well it was, but. People were worried, like, okay, if we're beating these teams in overtime, we're going to get smoked in the Big 12. They're not getting smoked in the Big 12. They're competing. Texas Tech's a good team, I think. Texas Tech just beat Texas earlier in the week. Um, now, maybe Texas isn't that great. Who knows? But what we're finding out is that actually K-State can hang with these teams. And so as much as you would love for them to pull that one out, um, the fact Jerome Tang said, what, they need nine wins in the Big 12? And if you look at their start right now, uh, and the Big 12 is loaded, guys, but um, if you look at their start right now, nine wins doesn't seem unrealistic in the Big 12. They're going to have to beat some good teams, though. Yep. I think the Big 12 has eight teams in the top 25 today. Yep. In case it isn't one of them. Tech, to, tech wow. is, so that might have told you what was at stake in that game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this conference. Houston's got two losses, and they're still in the top five. I mean, that tells you all the respect you need to know. Voters looked at that. Oh, you lost at Iowa State and TCU. Okay, the the road games. Yeah, you actually probably should be ranked higher. I mean, that's (laughs) how. 
Tim, this this basketball team uh, looks like they are carving out an identity. This isn't the high flying, up and down, uh, yeah, you know, show that we saw last year. But they're beginning to figure it out. Um, but the defense and you know hitting some key shots can only take you so far when you turn the ball over eighteen stinking times on the road. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I hate I hate to make this comparison because but it it is a little they do look a little Bruce Webbery at times. <laughs> Don't they? I mean that face is gonna puke. <laughs> that, with all vodka. that being said with all that being said, Bruce Weber had some very successful teams here. It's not all bad. And it, building a foundation on incredibly good defense is, is a very good thing to do. Having said that, <laughs> uh, they got to find a way to string together two successful offensive halves. Like they get, they have to, yep. the fact that, uh, and, 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 and I, and I don't want to rail on Tyler Perry. Cause I like Tyler a lot, a whole lot. I, I really, I like his attitude. I like his moxie. Um, they got to figure it out because they know I know what he can do it. You don't do what you did in the first half versus yeah. Texas Tech, where you are a walking bucket mm. for all intents and purposes. And and, and and then suddenly halftime comes and you come out and you're a completely different person. Yeah. You got to find a way to string that together. I mean, if, if, if the half hadn't ended where it ended, case they may have had a 30 to nothing run. I mean, that's just how hot and ridiculous they were mm -hmm. um but they got once they find a way to just play a full game you know they can beat anybody mm -hmm. i mean they they got they have size they have again incredibly good defense they have guards that can do things kaluma can be a game changer whenever he's locked in uh but they got to find a way to, to, to find some consistency offensively. On the women's side, they've got this gap goat. Uh, Tim, do you know what gap actually stands for? I don't know. I don't think it stands for anything. I think that's just what they call the gap, the three, the three gap, stop the three defensive tops. stops. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That three defense. I, I think the men need um, something for offensively. <laughs> a scoring where, goat. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not just about scoring. It's about, uh, uh, the number of dribbles trying to eliminate that compared <laughs> to the quality of the shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to miss some shots, but uh, boy, I they're not good in late clock situations. Uh, no, they no. The, the ball sticks with Tyler. He dribbles too much. And mm. if he does pass it, it's usually in the final seconds where he's yeah. just passing it off for the turnover. Um, and I, they got to figure that out. That's one area they got to streamline. Uh, yeah. But Jerome Tang admitted that he made a mistake going uh, to Tyler at the end of the game, not because he couldn't make the play, but because part of the play was get him to the free throw line. And that called. wasn't going to happen. No, they weren't getting many whiffs. No. I love, well, how he, thing... he insulted, I love how he insulted the officials without actually insulting the officials. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. I mean, and I think anybody that actually paid attention to that game could have think, unless somebody came out of there in a body bag, I don't <laughs> think they were going to call a foul no matter what. I mean, it was that it got to be that blatant. And I'm thinking, gee, many Christmas. But, you know, to that end, look, we love Coach Tang and he's done an outstanding job. But you can't call timeout with seven seconds to go. No. That doesn't give your guys enough time to just at least get the ball in bounds and take a breath 
about what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's enough time to get into what you're trying to do, but sometimes, guys, okay, let's get it inbounds. Let's take a breath. Let's think for just one second. Okay, this is what we're supposed to do. With seven seconds doesn't give you enough time. In case they'd had plenty of time to call a timeout to get into what they were trying to get into. So I think that may have had a little bit more to do with it. I mean, the end of the game, though, I mean, just like you said, the turnovers, I'm like, your senior guard steps on the out-of-bounds line. I'm like, how does that happen? I'm like, literally, how does that happen? Or you don't know where you are on the floor and you're dribbling. Not, hey, I'm coming off a screen and maybe I go a little bit too far and I catch the ball. No, no. I just dribble out of bounds and I'm just like, come on, guys. It just, but that's what it takes to win in the Big 12 on the road. You have to be mentally tough. You just have to be. And if you make a silly mistake, you, the game will get taken away from you. And that's what happened. They, I mean, they, they had the opportunity. The refs weren't on their side, but they still had the opportunity and they allowed the refs to be a part of it because of their mistakes. It's yeah. something to learn from, though. It's something yep. to learn from. I think the guys will understand. And I think Coach Tang, again, him being one of the better coaches in America, is going to say, hey, guys, look, it, this is life on the road in the Big 12, but we gave this one away when we didn't have to. So. Yeah. Guys, I feel like K-State's uh, – I've noticed this, and I don't know if you guys have noticed. It feels like K-State players struggle when they are the primary focus of the defensive scouting report. I noticed it after, like, I think Cam Carter had a game where he, he probably had 27 or something like yep. that, and maybe had five or six the next night. Tyler Perry, I think about that with the first half, second half difference. Okay, second half, what was Texas Tech thinking? They're coming out and saying, shut down Tyler Perry. We don't care who beats us. That kid's you better not let him score or you're, you're going to sit on the bench. And then he doesn't do much in the second half. We've seen it with Arthur Kaluma a little bit, too. It's almost like K-State needs either one of two things. They either need these guys to be so good, Tyler Perry to be so good, that that even when the defensive game plan is stop Tyler Perry, you can't do it. Or secondly, they need, if the defensive game plan is to say stop Tyler Perry, they need Cam Carter to be like, you're, you're focused on him? You're going to regret it. Now Now I'm going off. Or Arthur Kaluma yeah. or whoever. They need these other guys to step up so big, not just step up a little bit and give you 10 or 12, but, okay, if you're focused on Kaluma, Perry's giving you 28. If you're focused yeah. on Cam Carter, Kaluma's giving you, you know, however many. And that's what they need. Or, like I said, they need a guy who is so good. The best players, it don't matter. Well, they don't have that, though. Yeah, they don't, they don't have a – right now, at least, it doesn't feel like they have a guy who, if the defensive game plan is to shut down – X player who can right. be like, I'm going to score 25 anyway. Right. They don't have that. And that's okay. I don't think you have to have that. To I'm not saying K-State's going to win a national title. I'm just saying you don't have to have that guy that can, no matter what you do, is going to get you 28 points. You don't have to have that. But what you do have to have is other guys have the basketball IQ to understand, you know what, they're shutting him down. I'm still a really good player. If they're going to shut him down and f- put some focus on them, just what you said, Glenn, it's time for me to do my thing. Yeah. It's time for me and somebody else to do our thing and not get, okay, the first half I didn't get much, and that's kind of what it seems like is that sometimes, okay, I didn't get much in the first half, so I'm not going to get much for the whole game. Yeah. You can't yeah. be that way. It, it's just got to be, hey, when it's my turn, it's my turn. And to be yeah. fair, it, it probably there isn't another coach in the Big 12 that's more equipped to slow down Tyler Perry than, than Grant McCaslin. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Very <laughs> true. Very true, Tim. Very true. Uh, a little tiny secret for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to dwell on it, but just want to let 
this team would be like insanely good with Naquan Tomlin. Like, <laughs> did y'all see was him Saturday? Yeah. He was at or Wichita yesterday, State. not Saturday. Yesterday, yeah. he was at Wichita State yesterday, and our affiliates sent us highlights. And I was watching just five or six buckets that they sent us. Unbelievable! He's, unbe- he's unbelievably good. <laughs> he he posted up on the block, and they like tried. He tried to back a guy down, couldn't quite get him back down. So they just took two dribbles out and hit a fadeaway jumper about two steps in front of the three point line. Imagine having him at the four and McNair at the five. Yeah, and like David at the David at the three. I mean, or or or, <laughs> or, or, or Arthur. It's just going to make K-State fans mad. Oh, my God. It's, it's just like, sick. And I'm sorry. I don't mean to be the guy. I don't mean to dwell on all that drama or anything. But I, I seen his highlights yesterday, and I look at, like, what this K-State team is missing. And we're talking about a guy who, like, if you focus on Tyler, a guy who can beat you, um, or a guy who is good enough to, like, you can focus on him and he still will score. That's Naquan Tomlin. Like, he's fantastic. And and by the way, Memphis might Memphis is on the verge of being a top ten team. They they might they went uh, on a run yesterday. Yeah. It was unbelievable, and he was right in the middle of that, yeah. right in the middle of it, doing his thing. He's gotten bigger. His basketball IQ has gotten better. He, he just you know because of those years that he didn't play basketball, his basketball yeah. IQ is so much better than what it was a year ago. It's just unbelievable. I don't, you're right, Glenn. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. If, oh, if Memphis plays, if Memphis plays KU in the NCAA tournament, eighty percent of the arena might be purple. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I why do I have a feeling it's inevitable for Memphis and Kansas State to cross paths? In that's that's so oh gosh, it's just it's something they will do. I was going to say the NCAA will do it. They yeah, the, will 100% do it. The committee would build an entire bracket around that possibility. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It, it would help K-State get to the Sweet 16 because they gave them an easy pass just to make sure they meet, they meet Memphis. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Mm. Guys, this show is the easiest thing in the world to host. I just went like 10 minutes without saying a word. It was fantastic. <laughs> this is the kind of hosting I'm equipped to do where I just sit here and watch you guys do the work. I, I'm, I could be a good supervisor too. Yeah. Um, Word on the street is that during that span, we actually got like 80 more likes too. I know. Probably. <laughs> probably. Hey, the less fits talks, the more likes we get. <laughs> um, of course, our, our favorite uh, new poster, because we're very scared of him, uh, the serial killer. I'm very, I'm very scared. The sir killer. I know, but I'm filling in. You you know what it's got to be. He, he's not going to confess here on this podcast that he's actually a serial killer. He's going to say, I'm a, I know I'm a sir killer with S-E-R. It's a terrible cover up, man. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's like uh, wearing, a, you know, one of those uh, scarves that pulls over, but then, you know, it's got the face cut out. It doesn't work. It's uh, you got to cover your face. Anyhow, he said, "I know K State got homered, but K State didn't match Tech's intensity uh, at the end of the game." Bingo! They didn't. They just didn't. Mm-hmm. They, they, Tech was very focused and locked in on what they wanted to do, and K State uh, looked a little lost. Which, let's be honest, that hasn't happened much with Jerome Tang teams. Usually, at the end of the game or into overtime, certainly uh, yeah. they're very cut out. They know exactly what they want to accomplish, and this was not good. It didn't help that Tyler Perry and driving to the basket uh, when the clock started at seven point seven, and he looks up and the clock says seven point seven. Yeah, that uh, was. Oh I mean, gosh. look, I. I Folks, that has a huge mental impact on you. Yeah, for that, that split was second, crazy. You're, you're like, what? That, that split was second just breaks that, and and then you you don't know. Hold on, do I need to rush it up? Am I at one or am I at three? I don't know. Yeah. That's um, wild. For our folks, maybe who were watching who didn't watch the game, if you're wondering what we're talking about, they didn't start the clock on K State's final possession. K State ended up the ball with seven seconds left, 
and they never started the clock. Tyler Perry missed a shot. Tech, I think, got a rebound, and then Tech looked around like, how much time's left? Oh, it still says seven seconds, and the refs were just like, hey, uh, let's go home. How about if we go home? Yeah. And that was – I couldn't believe I, – I don't know what you do there because – Which is, again, is is bad officiating because it's one official's job when the ball is in bounds. Their literal job is to make sure that the clock starts. Yep, they should have killed it On every inbound. And they didn't realize until after the missed shot. Exactly. I mean, and that's literally their job on every inbound of the basketball during a a dead ball period is to make sure that the clock starts. But, hey, whatever. Very frustrating. (laughs) Very frustrating. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate our new partner here, Synergy Financial Partners, uh, for uh, sponsoring the insiders and the big insiders. I'm telling you right now, folks, you, you got to pop in tomorrow. Check out the big insiders. I don't know what it's going to – I have no idea. Maybe Brian's going to come on shirtless and cuss a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm letting him do his thing. But we'll have some publishers on from around the Big 12. We'll have some former players at point from around the Big 12. And I want to say this and be real honest. We're looking forward with this show. We're not just looking forward to doing it. We're looking forward with this show. So when we talk about this show is going to cover the Big 12, it's going to cover the new 12. Mm -hmm. It's going to cover the 16 schools that will be in this conference next year. Absolutely. If Oklahoma and Texas come up in a basketball discussion, we're not going to ignore that. Uh, But for the most part, We're going to focus on the new 12, the 16 schools that will be the Big 12, because why? Uh, We have a strong feeling they're going to be neglected in the media realm, so why not do our thing? Uh, I know our pals down at uh, Sikkim 365 has been doing a great job with that, a marvelous job with that. Uh, This show will be a little bit more like this, a little freewheeling and uh, having a little fun with topics, Uh, but uh, it starts tomorrow in the same time slot. All week long, Tuesday through Friday, although I'll be hosting on Friday because uh, Big B had a, a prior engagement. Do you, Is that a good way to say that, Brian, a prior engagement? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. That is it for this week's edition of The Insiders. We appreciate it so much uh, for you listening. And if you didn't, uh, as they say in the biz, smash that like button. <laughs> I know and a serial subscribe. killer, and subscribe to this web, to this uh, YouTube channel. But I know a serial killer, and I will send him to your house. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. CBS Sunday after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.